Today, I'm going to be talking about, is it all worth it? Is it all worth it? We see there's some emails. I mean, the theme for this, uh, um, for this month is, uh, are you a follower or are you a fan? Are you a follower or you are a fan? Some people can be a fan of Jesus. Why some can be a true follower of God? That is the question that I want us to kind of ponder on as we continue with this message. Especially, is it all worth it to be a follower? Or is it all worth it to be a fan? So we have a choice. We have a decision to make. You might probably be here, you've already made a decision that you are going to be a follower. But when I talk about the follower, I'm not talking about the follower on the Facebook, you know. You know, just a like, a follow. No, I'm not talking about that kind of follow. That kind of follower. The follow on the Facebook, it is not really a follower. A follower is uh, something you don't do anything on Facebook. But I'm talking about a real follower of God. If you are a fan of a, probably a team, the Premier League. I used, I was one been a fan of uh, Manchester United. I wasn't only a fan. I was also a follower. The reason why I say a follower because uh, a follower become a fan doesn't become anything. A follower become the active participant. But a follower is ahead, just a you know spectator. I am. Uh, I was a soccer player. I mean, of course, I'm from Africa. <laughs> but when I was in Africa, I played soccer almost every single day. Soccer become part of me. I was hoping one day I'll become a star in this area. But if I actually live in the UK, I could become a soccer player star. I was at uni in this place. I play soccer. I organized a soccer tournament for the university at Otago University. To be honest, uh, I don't know they've been proud about that. I was very popular. Even to the extent that, it, because in the morning, the Premier League is always on very early in the morning to watch Manchester United. Very <laughs> joy. <laughs> yes. But uh, because it's actually interfering with my prayer in the morning, 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, by the time they play the game because of uh, the time, time zone. But I noticed that it become more difficult for me to pray. Now, it's kind of, uh, I have to make decision whether can I want to continue to watch the game around that time or I want to continue to spend time with God around that time. And because of that, I have to make a decision because I am not, uh, I don't want to become a fan of Jesus. I want to become a true follower of God. Then I quit watching Premier League. And also, not only quit watching the Premier League, actually quit watching become uh, I gave up my being a fan of Manchester United. Because I'm becoming addicted to that. Then that is why I have to hold back. I say no. Now I'm no longer a fan or a follower of Manchester United. I mean to me, anybody can uh, hold on to whatever they but I'm just talking about myself. 
because I made that decision, I made that call. That God, I don't want to be a friend, but I want to be a follower of God. But my question uh, to us this morning is that it is really worth it to be a follower. And this is not a one-time decision you have to make. This is a daily decision you have to make. You can once make a decision to be a follower of God. But trust me, if care is not taken, if you don't hold on to your decision, you can become a follower, I mean a fan eventually. You can move from being a follower and becoming a fan. But God doesn't want, to, want us to be that way. He wants us to move, being a fan of God, become the follower of God. That is why I want us to ask that question. Is it all worth it? The suffering you're going through because of Christ, is it all worth it? The persecution you face today, because you made a decision to follow God, is it all worth it? The pain, the temptation you go through in your own life because you've hold on to Christ, is it all worth it? That is why I want us to think about that. This is what you have made today. Some people be here, have been saved for 20 years. The question is, is it not worth it? Some people are here, you haven't made the decision to follow Christ. The question also is, is it all worth it to stay the same way you are? I'm going to unpack some of this. My prayers for us today. Always speak to our hearts. Matthew chapter 10, from uh, verse 37 to 38. He that loves the Father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth sons or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. You know, the Greek word for follow after me simply means to be in the same way with or to accompany or become his disciple. Disciple is not a one-time thing. Disciple is a daily thing. Daily decision you have to make. A true disciple, a true disciple of Christ, become like him. A, for a fan can never become like the master. You become a spectator. Cheering them up afar off, but you are not involved. Is the life we have in Christ now worth living for? Is the persecution you face at work or wherever you go because you have Christ? Is it all worth living for? The temptation. Is it all worth it, really? There's a quote that says, a life worth living 
might be measured in many ways. But the one that stands above all others is living life of no regret. You are living a life of no regret. That is a life that's worth living. Without uh, disrespect to those people that are holding. You are old with gray hair, it does not necessarily mean you are very wise. You know. So many times, people with old age, they are full of regret. Because there are so many things they want to do, but they've been hindered by fear, by persecution. Some are living for people. Because they're so, they're so careful about what people say about them. Many have lost their identity. But they forgot their identity is actually in Christ Jesus. Because of that, they don't get to do what God has called them to do. Now they are grow old now. They miss out so many things. Their life becomes full of regret. Some will be crying. I wish I could have done this. That is why asking the question is it all worth it? Living for others is it all worth it? Living for Christ is it all worth it? Allowing the fear to take over you, to control you is it all worth it? Are you going to allow the fear to control your life? This is the question we need to ask ourselves. In the same way in the kingdom, it is very sad to see many believers living below their privileges in Christ. And we talk about what Christ has done. We talk about the blood of Jesus. We talk about the breakthrough. It makes me cry every single time. I come, believers are living below their privilege on top of what Christ has done in our lives. Almost like they what Christ has done has become useless. Why? Isn't that the same reason why we got saved? To become, it's all worth it to become the son and daughters of God because of what Christ has done. How come we are living below our privileges in Christ Jesus? Imagine the father. He said his own son to be crucified just because of love. To promote you, to lead you live in a far above all principalities and power. Now you find out you are living below principalities and power. What would you think the father would be thinking? Let's think about it. He came purposely to elevate you above all the power and principalities, but no, but now you are living below of the privilege. That is why no matter how it takes, we must not stay the same. That's why I put that question there. Is it all worth it to live below what, what Christ has done? Is it all worth it to allow fear and anxiety to control our lives? Is it all worth it to allow unforgiveness to control us? Is it all worth it? For bitterness to control us. 
John chapter uh, 13, 15 to 16. But I've given you an example that you should do as I have to, to you. Verily, verily, I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. So that means there is expectation of the servant to become like his master. If you are a son of God and a daughter of God, there is expectation over your life that God wants you to become like him, not become below him. Bible says, greater work. Anyone that believes in me, greater work shall you do. You will do the same work and you do the greater work. So there's expectation as a believer in your own life to become like the master. And we see an example of this in the book of uh, the Old Testament. Elisha was a servant to Elijah. You know one thing, after a while, Elisha became even greater than Elijah. He asked for the double portion of Elijah to be upon him. If you look at it, Elisha did twice miracle than Elisha. But exactly, he did about 10 miracles. Elijah, but Elisha did 20, exactly. That is a double portion of anointing. He became like the master. You, as a believer, God wants you to become like him. The Bible says, as we behold him, we become like him. We are living below our privilege. But so the devil knows that you are greater, but you, you don't know. The devil knows. But the devil wants to blind your mind not to see that at all. Because the moment he find out, he allow you to know how powerful you are in Christ Jesus. He knows he's in trouble. That is why if you want to read the Bible, the very first thing is start falling asleep. Yeah. You want to stand and let me pray. <laughs> oh, the devil showed up. You must not, you must not allow you to pray. Because prayer becomes the weapon to the believer, but many believers they've lost the power of prayer. You cannot become powerful, impossible, in Christ without prayer. You cannot. That's your weapon. And when you drop your weapon, you give devil space in your own life to attack you. You have to become a prayerful people. following Christ, I am not saying it is easy. I mean, you are not going to get that one from me. It is not easy. But being a follower requires a price to pay. You cannot become a follower. The defend, they pay a limited cost. The entry fee. That's what the defend pays. But a follower, they pay a real cost. They want to become like their master. Whatever it takes, they go after it. That is what being a follower of Christ, the Bible says you have to do one thing. You have to carry your cross. Imagine Jesus Christ carrying his own cross after all this beating on his back. And on top of that, they carry the heavy cross. And the cross is not from here to the back there. It's a long way. 
outside the city. And he carried that. If anyone wants to follow me, you must carry the same cross. Jesus Christ said, I have carried my cross. At the same time, if you want to become my follower, you have to carry your cross too. That is expectation. As a believer, you must carry your cross. It is not going to be easy. But the question you have to ask, for me to carry my cross, is it all worth it? Is it all worth it to carry the cross in pain, in suffering, in persecution? Is it actually worth it at all? God is not looking for a fan. God's looking for a true follower of him that can become and represent him in this broken community. That is why we don't have any time anymore. The time is too short. The time where we have is over. We are living, you know when you play soccer? You play 90 minutes. The game over. The only time you have after that 90 minutes extra time. Anything can happen in that extra time. This is where believers, this is the world we are living in today. We are living in extra time. But many believers still thinking we are still at the game. The game is already over. The actual game is over, but we are living the extra time. God could show up any moment. Must pay the price. The salvation is free, but maturity is expensive. If you are going to grow up in Christ, it is very costly. That is why being a fan, you can be a fan. It is cheap. And I can just jump the time to be a fan, but to be a true follower is very expensive. Your maturity in Christ and being a follower of Christ is very costly. No, we all say salvation is free. Oh, blessed be the name. Salvation is free. But if you become, want to become a follower of God, you have to become, you have to pay that price so that you can become like your master. God even make it very nice. In the Luke, Luke chapter 14, 26 to 27. If any man come to me, and ate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters. Yea, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. That's a great statement for Jesus Christ to say. That says he doesn't care about what people, what people think about him. I am the way and the truth and life. No one will come to my father. You have to pass through me. That's an amazing statement. No religion has ever made that statement before. And they can never because they know where they are. Only Jesus Christ made that statement. That tells you how powerful Jesus Christ is. It tells you bluntly, I am only the way. You can think about what you think. Many people think there's many ways to God. No, I don't care. That's I don't care. Jesus said, I am the only one way. There is no other way. Many men can have many ways. But for me, if you are going to be in contact with my father, you have to come through me. That is why God is no, Jesus Christ is not waiting to pamper anybody. To, to please anybody, it tells you the way it is. That you get the picture right from the start. Don't, 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 don't let anybody deceive you. I am the only one way. And if you are going to come to me, you have to take off your cross. 
Your cross, you have to take your cross. You have to pay the price. The Bible said, because of my name, they will hate you. You see that? At your work, you share about Jesus. They are coming. Your grumpy boss. If you put the, 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 the John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, it's coming at you. You are worth it. Displaying the word of God at your desk. And looking at what they're going to say about you. Is it all worth it to share a gospel with your mate? Or oh, what are they going to think about me? Is it all worth it? There's always price to pay. There's another quote that says, avoiding challenges or problems you need to face is avoiding the life you need to live. Avoiding the challenges in your own life. Don't wish it was to be easy. Just wish we're better in Christ Jesus. But God has given you the power to overcome. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If the greater one is inside of you, why do we need to know our people? I want us to think about that. Is it where God wants us to be? As a follower of Christ, have we truly become like Him? The Bible says, let your light so shine among the people. We must carry the light of God because we have the light inside of us. So whatever you have in the midst of darkness, you have to shine. You have no option. Being a follower is greater than being a fan. So what are we today? Are we a follower? Or are you a fan? Is it worth it to be a fan? Have you get anything so far being a fan? Have you realized anything in being a Christ Jesus, being a fan of Jesus Christ? At the same time, what have you realized being a follower of Christ? Where God wants you, don't want you to live below your privileges. Life that is worth living comes with the price. That is what pain. Nothing in this life comes easy. Nothing in this life comes easy. Nothing in this life. I realize when I get to New Zealand, but you know, in Nigeria, some things come easy. But I realize when I get to New Zealand, things become uh, not even easy at all. Almost like they want to tax you even when you breathe. Uh, they're going to charge you on that too. It is not the pleasure that makes life worth living. But it is the living that makes pleasure worth living. It is not the pleasure that makes life worth living. But it is what you become. <laughs> oh my God. It is what you become. Don't seek for the pleasure. Pleasure is nothing. People are seeking for the glory. What is glory? People are seeking for fame. Fame. What is fame? Seek for what you become in Christ.
like Jesus. What do you become? What are you going to become? You become like him. That is the major thing. We are, that is why you are, you, are, you are saved. That's why we are walking. I know we are going to heaven. Blessed be the name. But God, you become like him. As you walk this, uh, this earth, you become like him. You manifest him. That is our job and responsibility as a believer. That is when you become, yes, it's actually worth living for to become like Christ. You see, because of the Holy Spirit you have in you, you have the spirit of dominion. John G. Lake say, when you see the power of God, Holy Spirit at work in you, the spirit of dominion inside of you, it makes you, it makes you become like God. Become Jesus. Because his power is at work inside of you as a believer. We must carry that. That's our responsibility. Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 18. He said, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The suffering. What are you going through right now? The persecution. The pain. The unforgiveness. The bitterness. All this stuff. All this stuff we have. The Bible says... It can never be compared with the glory that we will reveal in us. We have seen some people, some Christians, they saw them into half because of persecution. They cut them from, they cut them into half because they are serving God. Stephen was stoned to death, but he saw the glory. He did not move, but the stone people didn't stone, stone him. He focused on the glory. He said, I see the Son of God. I see Father, you know the prayer you pray, Father, forgive them, but they don't know what they're doing. You know why he said that? Because he saw the glory. Jesus Christ said the same thing when he was being laid to the cross. You see, when you're on the when you hang on the cross, you know how difficult that is. You don't know. You suffocate the fact that you are elevated, you suffocate already. And where the way Jesus Christ was laid to the cross is not here. It is here. Do you know the, the vein that comes here? If it's here, it was going to be easy. It just go through the hole. But here, it cut through vein. That is how painful it is. And on top of that, you'll be elevated. you suffocate. But on top of that, he's saying, Father, oh my God, forgive them, but they don't know what they're doing. What, what did they say? For the joy. <laughs> that was set before him. He endured the cross. You see, Jesus can see that it's all worth it. That I can fellowship with my children. They can represent me. Because I am confined in one place. But when I have this little Jesus, <laughs> everywhere, yes, we spread. We bring glory to him. He said, it's all worth it. <laughs> oh my God, it's all worth it. If I can just say, it, I can endure the cross because of that joy. That day when my children, they will spread across and manifesting the glo my glory in this nation before they come and live with me. Yes, I want to see that coming. This is all worth it for me. The Bible says, it endures.
The life in, in heaven is not compared to life you have on this earth. You cannot compare the life you have in here on earth here compared to what's in heaven. I know you haven't seen the picture. It's something that is very high. The Bible says, set your, set your mind on the things above. It's very hard. Set your mind on the things above because you haven't experienced that yet. That tells you, if you read the Revelation chapter 5 or 4, it tells you the personality of God. If you read Isaiah chapter 6, it tells you the holiness of God. Ezekiel chapter 1, it tells you the glory of God. There are just, just, just little claims of that. Where there's no sickness. Where there's no disease. Where there's no pain. Your grumpy, your grumpy boss is not coming to you anymore. You are done with that. Oh my God. A place. You live forever in the presence of God. I tell you. Oh, what is it? But when you are separated from God forever, you call it hell. It's not a good place to be. There's no single love in hell. No single love. No single, no single love. I'm not even talking about filial uh, of brotherly love. I'm not even talking about agape love. I'm talking about just love. There's nothing like that. That is why if you all wanted to live a life of unforgiveness, Is it all worth it to hold on to unforgiveness? Is it all worth it to hold on to your lies? Bitterness toward others. Your pride. You are prideful today. Is it all worth it to hold on to that? Sexual immorality. Is it all worth it? Living a life of discipline. Is it all worth it? Suffering and living a double life. Is it all worth it? Not loving one another. Is it all worth it? Hating one another. Is it all worth it? Finally, Revelation chapter 22, 12 and 14. He said, Behold! <laughs> oh my God. He said, Look! I am coming. Bring him my reward with me to repay all people. He didn't say some people. He bring his reward to pray all people. According to their deeds. Blessed are those who wash their robe. They will be permitted to enter through the gate of the city. And eat the fruit from the tree of life. It's coming. Another version says, I come very quickly. Without delay. Now the question to us, because it's coming, what we are holding on to right now, the unforgiveness we are holding on to, the bitterness we are holding on to, is it worth it at all? But I can tell you this. As for me, I can boldly say, I am not only a fan of Jesus Christ, but I'm a true follower of Christ. I can say the cost, the persecution, giving up my pride, the suffering, you know, the slap on your cheek and turn to the other, the other side of your cheek. 
saying sorry to people even though you are not wrong. Forgiving others that have hurt you. Letting go of the past. Staying away from a sexual immorality and addiction. I will say, it's not worth it for me. It's not worth it. To you, it's also worth it. Are you a friend or a follower of Christ?